Hey, hey, it's me, David. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm continuing my series of interviewing people that I find fascinating, people who I consider to be nonconformist empire builders. Uh, they're those that uh, break down different barriers between industries and start multiple successful projects. My guest today is someone I've been very excited to talk to. His name is Tim Urban uh, from the popular blog, Wait But Why. If you don't know Wait, Wait But Why, it's uh, it's an amazing blog that breaks down very difficult to understand concepts in very fun and engaging ways. Um, along the way, Tim has picked up some incredible fans like Elon Musk, who he interviewed multiple times for a series on uh, some of the projects that Elon Musk has been working on. He also helped co-found a company called Arbor Bridge prior to Wait But Why, and he's got a very well-known TED Talk about procrastination that you should go check out. So uh, we had a great discussion about building Wait But Why and how to use the tools of the internet to grow your project. So without further ado, I'm excited to introduce and speak with Tim Urban from Wait But Why. Thanks for being here. All right, well... Tim, welcome to the show. I, uh, I want to start by saying thank you because I've gotten a lot of pleasure reading your blog over the years. Um, and it's, it's been great having somebody in the landscape being able to tackle these hard topics uh, with some humor and with your drawings. Um, so thanks for being generous and sharing the work that you do. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for uh, having me on. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, I, I want to start uh, the show the same way I start all of my shows. Um, which is asking, how do you describe to other people what it is that you do for a living? Um, I usually just, if I, if I don't have much time or, or whatever, I just, I'll say I'm a blogger, which makes people want to stop talking to me. Um, but then if I had a chance to explain more, I'll, I'll say um, I'm um you know, I'm a, uh, I, I, I write a long-form stick figure illustrated blog about a ton of different things. Um, and uh, that, you know, I, that ranges from kind of our psychology to social observation to tech in the future. And yeah, that, that's kind of my longer explanation. Yeah. And what do you think it is about saying the word blogger that maybe has that initial response of like, they don't want to keep talking. Like, what what is the connotation there? Uh, because um, it, uh, it 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 just it's it, it I think it blogger has such a wide range, and people just will assume that um, it's because I used to say writer, and they'd say, "Oh, what do you write?" And I'd say, "Oh, I write my own blog," and that 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 was that, and they'd say, "Aha, uh-huh, you are." <laughs> You're a writer, you know, and, and everyone assumes you're writing some like the latest celebrity gossip thing or like, you know, you know, my air. Here's what I did in my errands today. So um, it's a uh, it's, it's a word that probably needs uh, needs some sub definition. Something, you know, we need to break it up into many different words. But um, but uh, I am planning on doing a book cool. uh, coming up. And so that'll be huge because I'll be able to say author, which sounds so much better. <laughs> But at the moment, I'm I am I am a blogger, so that's that's the word. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, I tell people I'm a photographer, which isn't totally true because I actually hire other photographers. But sometimes it's just easier to say that. Um, and also, you're doing it professionally, and I think most bloggers aren't able to actually do it full time. 
Um, and so maybe that's part of the interesting kind of uh, connotation there. How long have you been uh, working on Wait But Why full time? Uh, four years, since the beginning, right, right at the beginning. Yeah. And at what point um, after you started, were you able to start seeing, uh, like how quickly did you realize, oh, this is something that actually maybe has um, some legs behind it and I can actually jump in full time? Um, so the very first post did pretty well. I had I'd written a blog for six years before this, very much a side project. And um, the very first post in the first month did more traffic than the entire blog had done in six years. Wow. Yeah. So um, right away, it was like, okay, this was a great start. You know, like this, this could be a thing I can do for a while. And then maybe 10 posts in, like two months in, um, uh, I wrote another post um, uh, called Why Generation Why Yuppies Are Unhappy. Um, and it went totally viral. Um, like over 10 million people read it in a week. Um, and so that was super exciting. And the email list went from 300 to 30,000 in like a 10 day span. So it was like, okay, this is real. It's exciting. It's also terrifying. Um, but it was, it was clear at that point that I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this for a while. Like this is, we have this 30,000 people at the minimum signed up to read these posts. Like, you know, very energizing. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and so, well, I think there's a critical point here, which is you spent six years writing before that happened. So I think maybe it's easy for a lot of people to say like, oh, he got lucky. He wrote this one post and it went viral. And then all of a sudden he's got this whole thing, but there was six years of writing um, before that actually occurred. Um, and so what was the change um, in your method or did you reposition it before you wrote that post or were you actually following the same kind of writing style and pattern and it just finally connected? Was this a new blog when you first started a new post, yes. new blog? Yes. So the, the old blog was for most of the time, just a kind of standard. Well, you know, it started as just, a, I would write a paragraph rant about something or I'd write something about my day or I'd write something about the news or really just kind of like for my friends basically. And then over the six years it evolved and the post did get longer and I started to use stick figure drawing somewhere towards the last, in the last year of that six years. Um, and I realized that was really fun. It was, it took forever, but it was like, I, I, I liked doing it and people got, you know, got really good feedback when I did that. So I was like, okay, so this is, and, and that was kind of something different. And, um, and so when it was time to start this new blog, wait, but why, um, a couple things had already happened. I had, I had just kind of found my voice as a blogger. I, you know, I, I, I it was easy to, to know the style of writing I wanted because I had just honed that over six years. You know, it's very, it was very different by the end of the six years than it was at the beginning. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, a lot of times I think with, with blog, you see the writing changing a lot as the time goes on, but maybe with way for why less for that reason. And I already, and I had, I, I discovered this stick figure thing was, was like a fun addition to my writing. And even just by having those that, that would make the post, I'd want to make the writing more high quality because it was going to have illustration. So it wouldn't just going to write like a two paragraph rant about my day. If it was going to be, I'd want to like expand more and explain because I'm going to have these drawings. And so that kind of like. So that in the very first post, there were stick figures um, of Wait But Why. So um, 
I did come in to that to this project like um, pretty like pretty sure of the style I wanted and pretty sure of kind of what kind of blog it would be. I knew it would be in depth. What I didn't realize at the time was, you know, at the beginning it was still mostly social observation or, you know, just being trying to be funny about stuff mostly. And then as I started to, as the um, audience started to pick up and I, and, and people and I, and I would try something more serious and it would get good feedback. So I would, I would gain a little confidence there to be able to take on other topics. And then I started kind of taking on, uh, you know, more in-depth topics, uh, more serious topics. And sometimes I would start ex doing explainers, um, uh, which I hadn't really done in the old blog. I, and, and, um, because it was really motivating to do an explainer and I knew all these people would read it. Uh, it, it, you know, it was like, okay, this is worth my time to like really put you know, weeks into something and explain it well. So, um, there was still a lot of things that evolved as I went, went along, but like, um, I don't know. I find, uh, yeah, that, that six years was was just like that. That it was like that was like the sandbox for me to figure out right. a lot of what I was doing, and um, I think it helped when there was a viral post. There was something I think maybe uh, kind of interesting for readers that they would read it, and they were only, instead of being like you know hundreds of posts going all the way to the way to the past on this random blog, there would be like ten. And they'd all be kind of tight and thorough. And so I think people were like, oh, what's this high quality thing? So it was, in some ways, it was nice to start fresh and like start with a mission. This was 2013. So I don't know. Yeah. They didn't want to see all the, the six years of posts behind that. They were sort of the evolution. They just wanted the quality um, and that standard that you sort of set with that first post, it sounds like. Did you, so I, I could, I could definitely see how as you get some initial success, um, you start to get a bit fearful about the next post because you put out a post, it does great. You put out another post, it does great. Was it the case that you um, started to feel maybe a little bit like protective or a little bit like uh, just really trying to be a perfectionist because it had been building and building with your first few posts and you just wanted to keep going? Like, was there this fear that sort of also came with the growth? Yes. Um it was like both incredibly motivating and like, so it would make me want to really work on it. And it would also be paralyzing because you'd be like, well, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. This has to t top my last post. This has to, you know, yeah. continually be better. And, um, and, and also I would start to take longer on posts because they would get lot, they would get longer and more thorough. So I would take more weeks to do them. And as that happened, the more weeks that go by, the higher the expectations for whatever you do put out. And, uh, and so that's this trap where the, you spend an extra week researching and you're like, Oh God, this is good. This better be good. And then you, and then you want to write more and then that takes longer. And then it, it's just this thing that goes back and forth and like ping pongs until you have like a book length blog post, which is some kind <laughs> of thing that happens. Now. Yeah. And we won't get into the book yet, but I imagine there's maybe a similar cycle that happens when you start writing a book, uh, as well, um, where you, you maybe keep wanting to do more and more depth research and, and that kind of builds, um, and so it sounds like you don't have a very set schedule. Um, how do you um, how do you know when it's finally time to hit ship on something? Do you have somebody else who who helps you um, see that finish line from like an editor perspective and says, "Tim, okay, s stop. It's it's good to go out." Or is that all um, self driven? Well, it's 
the end point is usually clear because it's not the, the thing that takes me forever is I don't revise and revise and revise and revise. I mean, it's I, I, and it's a blog, and if it's not perfect, it's okay. Um, it's more that the outlines I do, like the research I do, that then leads to outlines that are extremely thorough. So to get to just write that entire outline out um, sometimes takes forever. Uh, and so the outline itself gets really ambitious, way more ambitious than probably it should for a blog. Um, and uh, and so you can get kind of perfectionist in the outline phase where you're like, well, no, if I want to do this right, I have to explain this whole thing. If I want to explain that whole thing, I have to learn this whole thing so I can explain this other whole thing. You can quickly be like, well, there's 30,000 words now, minimum. <laughs> it's just gonna... So it's really, it happens there that the thing becomes long. And then the writing is usually just executing that outline. And once that writing's done, it's usually out within two weeks because I can do drawing pretty quickly and you know, Interesting. You know, revision, but I, I write carefully enough and outline carefully enough that by the time it's done writing, there's not too much revision to do. It's mostly proofreading. Yeah. So the finish line is really the research. So cutting yourself off at the research point. Yes. That, and, that's the thing yeah. that can really just expand forever. You can always research more. You can always get into more depth with the post. You can always take on even broader concepts with a, a, a thing. So Yeah. I want to jump into the distribution side a little bit. So you had, um, you spoke about this first post going viral and the next few going viral. Um, what were, what was kind of like the gas on that fire? Was it through your email list that had initially picked up through that first post? I know obviously Facebook's a big channel for you. Can you talk me through um, how you thought at that time about distribution um, and, and maybe how that's changed over time? Yeah, at the beginning, it was um, the very early distribution was my personal Facebook page. That's like, the, you know, that's all. <laughs> Otherwise, no one's reading your blog. Um, and then there was a Wait But Why Facebook page, which at the time, the beginning, I was like, oh, should I set one up maybe? And it turned out to be a huge platform. It was the, it was the best way ever to uh, promote the blog. So there was a Wait But Why Twitter, Wait But Why Facebook. Um, and there's an email subscription list, which had, for the first 10 posts, you know, had very few people. Twitter had very few followers. But Facebook pretty quickly got up to the 10,000, 15,000 range. Um, and then what we would do early on is do a Facebook, you know, pay for Facebook ads to get to more people. And put like some stick figure drawing that seemed kind of funny or intriguing as the, the image. And... This was kind of in 2013 when I think Facebook was trying to show the world how good a platform it could be, how much power it had. And, you know, that's when Upworthy blew up and BuzzFeed really got to a different level. And, you know, Viral Nova and all these sites because they were at the right place at the right time when Facebook was basically making it cheap and easy to reach like hundreds of thousands or millions of people. So I think Weibo I launched at a very fortunate time in that regard and that um, – it was able to move faster than it could because of that first six months, we would just put some money into uh, into ads and target them to people we thought would like it, and um, and it would reach you know hundreds of thousands of news feeds. Um, so that helped, um, but still, I would say uh, the main engine was people sharing. So it was you know if, you, if I wrote something um, that was really very shareable and super viral versus something that was less like. It doesn't matter how much we advertise. Like, the, the, in the end, like you're, you're, it's gonna, it's gonna blow up only if a lot of people are sharing it. Because even if you're, so if you write something okay, um, and you're trying to advertise it, you know, people, you know, like it's a decent amount of clicks, but they're gonna click out after ten seconds, and it's just not, and it's okay. You'll get like a tenth of those people. Five, you know, five hundred thousand people's news feeds. You'll get a 
you know, 20, 30, 40,000 of them to click on it and, you know, a very small number will share. Okay, that's not really the traffic you're looking for in the end if you really want to, you know, make some. But if you can get the, you know, the, the 20, 30, 40,000 to click on it and then a lot of those people love it and a lot of those people share it and send it out to their lists and post it on things, that quickly can turn into, you know, a million people reading the post. Um, so it, it was a nice, I guess, Facebook, but both our platforms, our followers, and then the people we would reach through advertising. It was a really, like, great way to just expose ourselves to new people. But that was like only step one of a two-step, um, you know, two-step thing that needed to happen in order to actually have a really big audience, which was that they had to like then like it so much that they wanted to share it and feel like it was different than other stuff so much that they wanted to post it on their Facebook. Um, so things could kind of go viral on Facebook in a way that, that I think they, they, it was, they didn't really go, they couldn't really go viral before that. I mean, it's like, it's amazing. And then mm -hmm. everyone shares it. 100 people see it for everyone who shares it. And then if 10 of those people share, it just explodes. So um, that's what happened with like this Gen Y post and a few others. And when the Gen Y post blew up, what happened was then a bunch of the other posts that hadn't gotten that much traffic, there's only 10 up at the time, a lot of those started to go viral. And before you know it, every post on all 10 posts on the site had like 100 times as many views as they had before that post went up. And, um, and then that very first post, um, you know, uh, what went, you know, viral again. So it was, it was, it was a, it was a big moment. And from then on, it was like, okay, now we don't we didn't really need to advertise to new people as much after that. And from then on, we basically, the, you know, the email list, um, was a great platform than its own. And we could just reach everybody and Facebook, we started to just, you know, the Facebook uh, followers started, you know, quickly got up to 50,000, hundred thousand, 200,000. So, we just needed to reach those people. We already had over a hundred thousand people who had told us that they want to read more of our stuff. I mean, so it was like, so, um, it was just so clear that like, if we can just reach them, but Facebook's then the way they did is, you know, they, they started saying, okay, now we're actually going to show you to only 5% of yeah. who like your stuff. If you if you have enough followers and you can pay us just to reach your own followers. And that's what they started doing. Which is fair. They had this platform that they they they, they got the money for it because we, we we all would pay for it. So, um, so it was a very clever strategy by them all around. But I um, but yeah. So we started paying Facebook to to show it to our own followers, and that was it. And again, it's like we were going to hit a certain baseline either way, just from these platforms. But they the the, the number that could be you know achieved with these posts was like up fifty x that baseline, and anywhere in between there, depending on how catchy the post itself was and how how interesting it was to people or funny or whatever it is so yeah that's and it's been simple since now it's super simple now we don't even pay on facebook anymore because it just uh the email list has gotten big enough it's almost six hundred thousand now so just send out to the email list put it on facebook put it on twitter and you know the people who like the site will always find it now and there's enough of them that they will spread it and that's fine and it's like and it's like get, getting more traffic a little more traffic isn't really the goal there's a core audience that's big enough where if they if they're if they love what's happening like that's that's all we need we're in good shape like there are plenty of people to to write for and so just really want to like now dig in and satisfy the people who I know are gonna read the posts and um it's it's a nice luxury not to have to think about distribution anymore it's just pretty simple I think that's like the exact uh, right sort of 
play-by-play of how somebody should sort of scale what they do. Because what you did was you took advantage of a different distribution channel that was very effective at the time to spread enough awareness so that all the people who might be interested in Wait But Why can hypothetically find it, um, which was amplified by people who loved your posts, um, by them sharing. But what you did at that point was you started to transition that audience away from that distribution channel so that you could... Uh, in a sense, have that direct connection with your audience through your email list. And so I sort of feel like this laddering of utilizing the distribution channel, but not relying on it infinitely um, and eventually transitioning to your own site, which people started recognizing and going to um, having your own email list, which you could have that direct connection instead of having to pay once Facebook turned on kind of the the payment component. Um, I think that's a great lesson for anybody who is creating right now, just to think about Um, utilizing distribution channels to ladder into having that more direct connection um, because eventually that algorithm can change. Eventually they're going to start charging more. Um, So I sort of feel like that's a great um, example for people. Um, So I just wanted to really highlight that. Um, And the last piece I'd say is that the virality of the post is still about people sharing it. And so if people aren't going to share it, everything we just spoke about didn't really uh, matter. So I just want to highlight that too. And and digging into that, I feel like there's a nuance to the positioning of your posts and the titles and how you kind of hit a nerve with people. Um, can you talk at all about how you sort of learned to um, position posts in a way that people would um, feel interested in reading it or excited to share it? Is there like a nuance there around um, titling and positioning? At the beginning, same kind of thing. At the beginning, I was very concerned with headlines and, you know, the, the opening sentence or two, hooking people and all of that. Um, um, and I would try to, I, I, I didn't go so far as to, they have all these headline analyzers and it's like, use this word and use, don't, don't use that word. And like, make sure to put the headline words in your, the keywords in your headline and in the post like nine times. I didn't do any of that. Um, because you know it was it was never really a full a volume game. It was trying to get a core audience, and so I you know you don't need to go crazy if you're not like a, a, a major company trying to you know get to the thirty million mark instead of the fifteen million mark a month. Like it's, that's not where that's not the game I was playing. So, but I was still I still was trying to both with the drawing that would be the feature drawing on Facebook and um, and the title. I was definitely trying to like grab people. Um, and, and beyond that, I didn't, I actually didn't worry too much. Like I, the topics I picked were things I wanted to write about, things I thought I could write about. Uh, there's still things I thought people would like, but it wasn't like this topic can go viral, this topic can go viral. You know, it was, it was like, I, I was, I kind of figured that if I, if I pick a topic that I like and I do it really well, like it, it has a chance to, to go viral, you know? Um, like for example, that Gen Y post went viral and the Facebook post, cause those were about society. Those are the ones that go the most crazy when it's you're making a big comment or criti- criticism in society. So I knew that those were, you know, that that was a great way to to get, uh, you know, a, a lot of attention. But and, and I but, but actually until the current post I'm working on right now, four years later, um, I didn't really do another. You know, I, I honed in on what I liked writing about more, which was inner our, our inner psychology and uh, tech and science and explaining you know, philosophy, you know, all, explaining different concepts 
So um, none of which are going to go as viral as like a big critique. I guess there was a little, you know, a couple little posts around the election this year that I did. And those went crazy viral. I mean, it's like that, that those are the ways to. So um, really after the beginning, I stopped. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, it was it was after the first maybe. And I was like, same, same kind of ideas. The same when, when suddenly there was a real platform, I stopped worrying even about headlines, basically. It's not, it's not that I would try to. You know, I didn't want to have like a one word headline that made no sense until you read the. I didn't want to go that far. You know, I want to have, but I would, I would stop being like, like I got to, I don't know, it was maybe a year in and I wrote a post, for example, like on the Fermi paradox, which is kind of this paradox that people talk about in astronomy and physics, which is why we haven't, why we, why, why we haven't seen any evidence of aliens. And, um, and so like, if I'm going for headlines, I would title that 13 Reasons We Haven't Seen Any Aliens. That would be the title. Instead, I just titled it The Fermi Paradox. And I'm like, it sounds, it, to me, it's a more dignified title. It makes more sense. And, and, and if it's an evergreen post, which mine are, they all, I want each one to like last for years in terms of you know, readability and stuff. Um, it's not just, you know, it's not one of these sites where the posts get flushed down the toilet from the two days earlier and it just, it just keeps going and they disappear. And it's just about this two day moment when it's up there or this two hour moment. Um, I consider mine like it's an art gallery and this is like a new piece of art in the gallery. So I'm not going to name a piece of art in the gallery, 13 reasons you haven't seen alien. That's not, that's not a, that's not a piece of art's name. Right. So I would, so I tried to name, um, the posts, something that made sense for their, uh, for their content for, for me. And, uh, and, and I, I, I kind of, uh, I stopped focusing on that stuff. Again, that's a luxury yeah. that a blogger has once there's enough of an platform so I, I it's not i'm saying that of course that's the only way to do it no I, I mean that was the way i was able to do it once there was an audience before that yeah i thought about this stuff i still think going the full the full uh, seo tactic way uh i don't know people are pretty sick of that you know and people can people know what you're doing you know uh you know if you write something in the headline where you just want to click in to see what's they, they, even if they click in they don't like you they don't like the site they don't trust the site they think this isn't one of these, you know, massive things is probably written by an AI, this, this article, you know, so I, I don't think, I think for a blogger trying to win, like, real respect in a core audience, I, I don't think uh, going crazy with that stuff is, is really necessary. It makes more sense. It makes more sense to, to actually seem like you have integrity. So when they read it, then they actually appreciate, wow, and this person just didn't do a headline like that, you know, so. Yeah. Well, it sounds like as you sort of honed in on what you like to write about, people also enrolled in kind of that journey that you were going on. And because they were signed up to the email list, they wanted to hear from you. And so it's almost like why spam them with a, a quote unquote viral headline when they already want to read what you're writing. And so I think that trust makes a lot of sense that you start to build. Um, have you, I, I can imagine as, so your audience is growing, it's getting uh massive. And you're also finding kind of probably this core group of people who are really aligned with what you want to write. Like you write about the Fermi paradox and there's a tribe of people who like, they are so happy that you wrote about that specific topic. Have you ever, um, or if you had any point where you started to feel a little bit thrown off by the size of your audience, because you had different segments who were maybe interested in different things. Um, like, I, I wonder yeah. if, if that, as your audience grows, you start to feel like maybe pulled in different directions a little bit. Um, so I'm just curious, yeah, the, the audience evolution and how that impacted your writing or knowing what to write about. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, part, part of what helped in this case is that I didn't start with any premise of what this was. Like the very first post was about 
I was criticizing um, kind of how people act on Facebook. Second post was like making fun of animals in general. Um, <laughs> the like the you know I don't know. And then like another early post was like a cartoon comment, like making fun of religion. And then there was a infographic about how many people have died in various wars or natural disasters. So it's right away. I was kind of making it very clear that like this has no theme. Um, and that was nice because it, it didn't put my, I, I very carefully did not put myself in a box early on. Cause I knew I liked to write about a bunch of different things. And this was just, I just wanted everything to be high quality and something that the, the one theme was is something that I would like if someone sent it to me, I was just using myself, my own taste. I was like, what, you know, what, if, it was, if I'm trying to write about death tolls, how do I want it sent to me? I want an infographic. And I wish someone would just do this whole thing so I could just compare. Okay, so I would do that. Um, and so I use, using basically my own taste as the only theme and my own abilities as, my, as the only theme. Um, I, um, I, I, I just tried to do, uh, really actually actively would try to do different things. I, I, if I did a really silly post, I wouldn't, try, I wouldn't do another silly post for at least two or three. And early on, I kind of thought of there's three categories. There's like funny posts. There's, um, there's like serious posts, uh, and, or, or, or there's like social kind of observational comedy posts. Um, and then there's kind of posts about like our psychology in one way or another, like whether it's society or how we think. And then there's posts about like science or tech or whatever. So that, so um, I, I, I would try to rotate, you know, almost. So it would not be two in a row of the same thing because it's someone who comes new and they read three in a row and they're all the same. They think, oh, that's what this blog is. So I, I, I kept like elbowing like the walls out to make sure no box formed around me pretty early. Um, but uh, then, but they were all still a certain length or less. They were still like normal article length or less. And they were, um, and I, you know, I, they, they, they didn't get too serious. You know, they always were light. And then as I would try something a little bit heavier or a little bit longer or more of an explainer than I normally did, like a thorough, more thorough thing or more deep psychology where I would actually go or something with advice where I would actually kind of have an opinion about life, which I really feel like warranted in doing on the old blog. Um, I would like, you know, the thing about blogging is you get really rapid feedback. And, there's, and the stakes are high, but they're not that high. If you, people don't like one post, at the, the beginning, you got to, you know, win everyone over. But once people like you enough, they'll give you at least a, one strike, you know. So you kind of think, look, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try something. And what I learned is when I would try something, it would tend to go well. Like when I would do something different and try something a little bit more bold, like people typically responded really well. Um, and like, for example, the Fermi Paradox post was, I think that was like 15 months into me writing starting the blog or like, uh, yeah, maybe, oh no, that, that, that was even, that was in the first year. So it was like the first year and, but it was toward the end and I hadn't really written like a big thing on like space yet. Cause I was like, ah, oh, no, that's gonna, that's like a little too nerdy for the audience. Like I like this stuff, but like no one's gonna, and I just thought, you know what, then, then, then here's what I thought about it. I said, the people who like it, I remember saying this to, um, my business partner, I said, people who like this will love it, but like it won't go that viral, but at least the people who like it will like really love it. Actually, it turned out a lot of people loved it. It became like the most, not the most viewed post on the site, but like the most beloved, the one that I got the most emails about and it got, and it went, it would go viral on Reddit like every week in front of different subreddit. So I was like, okay, you know, and I started to realize, I was like, my, 
my kind of like specific things I think are my nerdy tastes, like those, there's a, the, the good news is there's 7 billion people in the world, not 7 million. So if one in a thousand people really like something, that's millions of potential readers. So you don't, it just became very clear. I was like, I need to just really hone in and just do high quality stuff I like. Uh, and the fact is a lot of other people's, are a lot of writers and sites that do you know content, they're assuming the same things I would assume that, oh, well, no one wants to read this. And so no one was actually doing a lot of this stuff or no one wants long articles. No one was doing long articles. And the truth is like, there's someone who wants everything. So if you start doing something really well, that's not out there that much, you're going to get a lot of people interested. So I, I would try to follow that. And then it, it very quickly start to develop confidence that like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to write a 20,000 word article. I'm going to write a 40,000 word article. I'm going to write, um, I'm going to, at the end of this article, like, you know, try to write like an emotional ending, you know, things I would never have done before, but I'm like, you know, screw it. Like this is, and so that, that's kind of been the philosophy since is like, um, trying to kind of think like, even if readers themselves, if I surveyed them, wouldn't ask for this post, like they don't know what they want until I, like they, they don't know they want this. I would try to get to that level of like confidence with the Steve Jobs level. That's what he would always say. You know, it's like hard, but I feel like after enough feedback and all you can get with, it's not like writing a book where you just takes a, you, you get enough feedback every single week that you start to like, quickly your that confidence can quickly change yeah definitely well I, I think there's something to that risk um and that feeling of risk and I, I heard somebody say this before but if a reader can feel a bit of risk um on the side of the writer it's always more interesting and so i think there's something about you doing something new that that people can kind of understand oh like tim is stretching himself here he is exploring a new territory i mean i think that's something that's definitely uh interesting to people um I want to take this around now to launching your Patreon campaign. Um, and so you've been building this audience. Um, at what point, because I feel like there's a lot of different routes of monetization um, for somebody who's building a big audience. I think there's a lot of tools now that weren't so available back then. Um, at what point did you start to think or realize that you um, wanted to start asking for money in return from your audience? And did you try some other kind of uh, attempts first? Like how did you uh, land with Patreon? So I um, start, we started with banner ads. because so we were just like, well, this needs to make money somehow. Um, and the goal, the goal was the like, goal A in general was just give, give this a long runway, get enough money going that this can support me basically um, as a human. And if that's the case, that's, we only need one person really at the beginning. So if, if I can be supported, then this thing is funded. Um, and, and maybe a little more for the Facebook advertising. You know, there are a few other costs. You need to, you know, pay for the domain uh, hosting. Once the traffic gets more, that, that's not that cheap. Um, you need to uh, pay for, you know, those glitches. You know, we had someone who had to build the site. We need to, you know, pay for, you know, basic programming. Um, so there's, you know, there's a handful of other costs. Um, but it's 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 under half a million everything you know significantly under at the beginning so it's like you know banner ads at the beginning we're doing it but we kind of said this doesn't fit with the rest of the site's vibe the, the site's trying to be so authentic it's trying to be you know it, it you want to express what it actually is which is a guy writing it banner ads just looks like it's a corporation and it looks lame and it's and I always felt like it was like I'm trying to create this awesome space to invite people I like to come hang out and they're coming and hanging out and while they're there there's like some cheesy salesmen who are walking around the room like trying to like 
kind of <laughs> steal money out of their pockets and then hand it to me, hand me a cut on the way out. I'm like, get out of here, right? So it's just like, this is not, not the right vibe. So we stopped with the banner ads, instead built a store and started selling, because you know, there's a lot of stick drawings. Those, those make, some of them make good t-shirts. So um, started selling t-shirts and posters and other things that just like fit well with the content. Eventually stuffed animals and you know, a bunch of other things. Um, and basically told readers in an email, like, um, taking banner ads off, uh, and doing this store instead. So, and there's also a way to donate now, which was not Patreon yet. It was just PayPal donations. Mm -hmm. And that was great. That, that did basically cover what the, or at least two thirds of what the banner ads have been doing. It wasn't enough and we were, we were still losing money. So we were still funding this from, this might started this with my business partner. I was running this while he was running the company we had started before. And, he, and we were kind of taking from that company to uh, fund at the beginning, um, which we wasn't really sustainable. So at some point, and I didn't like the idea of Patreon because it just felt like, I don't know, just again, it, that didn't feel like the vibe of the site either. But I was convinced by a YouTuber who I really like and trust who has a big audience as well um, to, to just try it. And he said, it, it, you know, it really makes sense. So I said, okay, I, um, set it up and explained to readers what it was, which is just that I want this to go on for a long time. And if you want this to go for a long time, like giving a dollar or two or five a month, um, is what is the solution like that this, this will do it. And we don't have to do ads and you don't need to, you know, this isn't, this isn't. So, so I said, you know, plan a, or like, you know, phase a was, just make, give it a long runway. Phase B was might have been like, let's think of other opportunities. Maybe we can sell like a Kickstarter at some point that like does great, or or a book, which I'm, I'm doing now, or you know, launch something else. And you know, there's there's lots of other things there. We can do some killer product in the store. We'll worry about that later. Let's just get you know afloat right now. So Patreon plus the store thought would be would work well, and it and it was great. We had we had really awesome, generous readers who I think part of it is if you're if you're doing something where you're kind of providing a service, you're like capturing the news of the day in a certain thing or you're you know you're discovering the latest apple rumors or you know whatever it is that's going to be harder to get patreon because if, if you disappear well you know there's others out there the people go find find a different one it's when you're doing something where people will be really sad if you disappear the people who like it because there's not there's no replacement it's just a unique thing that's when i think people are saying you know this is worth getting to this is i want this to keep going um and and you do build up goodwill and gratitude when you when you do something for free for a while, but it's something people find valuable. There's a lot of that that has no no outlet to come out. Um, people aren't going to keep buying a store product every month. That makes no sense. So this was a way people could say, you know, great. So and it still is only a small percentage, you know, under five percent of readers, um, probably under percent of one percent of regular of, of readers. Um, but that's enough. If you have enough volume, like that times a few bucks a month, like is. That, that, that does the job. So since then, Patreon plus the store has kept the site afloat and it's allowed me to do things like, you know, if this were based on traffic or banner ads um, or something else, I would have to have a lot more posts coming out. Whether they were good or not, whether I like them or not, they'd have to be. But I can spend months trying to write like a book length blog post that I'm trying to really sum up a topic in a way that you can't do with less writing. Um, and then, but, but then not make it a book that I charge for, distribute it for free, which means it'll end up reaching 10 times as many people as if I put a paper book out there. Um, so you want to have impact with something long and thorough on the internet. And there's no way to do that, uh, without donations. 
um, because banner ads, you can't have no volume of posts going up and have. So for me, it's been this really liberating thing to be able to uh, spend as long as I need to, to, to get the, the, the thing I'm writing to be the thing I want it to be and then get it out there. And I think sometimes readers can be frustrated when they're saying, you know, like, well, you know, every month you're, you're, you're paying and nothing's happening. But then when the post comes out and, and they, they read it, and it's a full book, basically, they, they understand. And I try to explain um, to, to patrons, like, it's, uh, it's, it's what you're paying for is impact. Like, this um, site is going to have 10 times the impact in the world because of the 1% of the mm-hmm. 1% who, um, who support the site. So, and you know, we're starting a podcast now and we're not starting with an ad because it also feels inauthentic and maybe it'll be the right ad partner at some point, but Patreon gives us the ability to do it with integrity always. And then if extra money can come in, extra money can come in. If not, it doesn't. And so, it's, I find it to be creatively hugely liberating and business-wise hugely liberating. Yeah. Well, you found a business model that actually aligned with the right incentives for you and the right incentives for your readers. And so, um, yeah, it sounds uh, incredible because it lets you spend that extra time to make something um, unique that no one else can do. Whereas if it was banner ads, your incentives would be different and you'd be trying to probably up the volume of posts and that gets worse for everybody. Um, and it's, it's really a fascinating landscape right now for creators because there's Patreon and, um, Kickstarter actually just launched their own kind of version of that. Um, and there's, there's lots of stuff out there now for kind of getting started. Do you think that that would have been uh, more or less possible? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious about, obviously there's you, Tim Urban, but then there's wait, but why, which is sort of the brand. Um, how, how is there like that relationship between you and the brand? Like, do people see themselves as supporting Wait But Why and it's, I'm part of this big community? Or when they um, invest in Patreon, do they see that as I'm investing in Tim Urban as this writer? Like, I'm curious about, um, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. I I think, um, first and foremost, Wait But Why? Because I think, think, um, you know, everyone who reads the blog knows that name and maybe half of them know who I am. the, the patrons probably all most of them know both, especially since like the you know the uh, there's a video on the Patreon page, which is me explaining what it is. So it's not that they 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 you know they they know they're supporting basically one writer, but um, we really try to stress the community aspect of it because one of the inadvertent things that happens with a blog is your readers happen to all have something in common, which is they all happen to you know like this writing, which means a bunch of things about them. It means they probably share a sense of humor in many ways. It means they probably share a set of interests, a certain level of intellect or a certain kind of you know, type of intellect, um, a certain set of values maybe. Uh, I think a lot of people who read Wait But Why are kind of inherently humble because there's just or, and curious because there's a lot to learn and it's a lot about growth. And if you think you have all the answers or you're bored, you know, you know that's not, um, it's, it's a lot, a lot of words to read for you. I mean, you'd rather be entertained, right? So, but, but if you're really serious, it also turns people off because I have stick drawings and I swear and I like, talk about silly things. So um, it, I think it just hones this. It, it, it's still that's going to have a broad group. But now internationally, you end up collecting this kind of certain type of person in some ways. Um, so we love that. We actually did a huge in-person event with it one summer. We're going to do another one maybe this summer um, called it Wait But High. But we had you know thousands of people. We, we it, you know, got, got together in different parts of the world. Um, and it was really fun. So I, I think we're always trying to stress that this this is a community, uh, and I think the readers feel kind of a kinship with each other because there's a comment section. So they all you know chat after every post. They have a big discussion, like a little Reddit subreddit for each one. Um, and so I think that that is 
first and foremost. Like they're buying they're buying t-shirt that says wait, but why? You know, they're not gonna buy a t-shirt that says some guy's name on it. So I think it, I think the fact that there's a brand is nice. I'm glad it's not timurban.com. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think the brand itself is a nice thing to have. And I think that's the thing people want to gravitate to more than they want to gravitate to some person, right? Um and then I think separately, the fact that they know, though, that it is this guy writing this post and it's coming out of this one guy's head as opposed to there's a big team of writers. I think there's something, I mean, on one side, horribly unscalable for us about that. Uh, and I, you know, I can't delegate that much. I really have to do most of the work myself and I'm not very productive a lot of the time and, you know, with my time. And so this is, it's, that's a situation. But on the other hand, um, I think it also does draw, draw people in more because it just feels personal. They, they know who this is. They, they can trust the situation. It's not this company, oh, they raise money and now they're hiring all these writers. I don't know what I'm going to get. They know what they're going to get every time, which is my stuff. So I think um, it's actually maybe the combo that really has uh, worked well for us. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think that, that, that actual that combo is interesting. For, for, the, for a while, I was anonymous on the site. And then for a while, we, uh, there was an FAQ that you know had who we were, but I didn't put like my name at the top of the post at all. So we really, for a while, were just brand, brand, brand. And then eventually, it was kind of like, okay, you know, I, I'm going to start putting my name as the author of these posts. But that, that that took a while. Yeah, no, I think that's really fascinating. I think I would probably agree that it's the combo that kind of hits this sweet spot for people um, where they can be a part of a community, but also know who they're dealing with when they're investing in Patreon. And it sort of makes me think as well that, you're sort of um, moving this community forward through these posts, but since it's not just Tim Urban and it's Wait But Why, you don't have to be at all these meetups for people to enjoy connecting. Um, and I think that's probably a huge exactly. No one wants well. to go to a TimUrban.com meetup. Mm-hmm. That's so like that's lame. Mm-hmm. But a Wait But Why meetup is like it's like we all you know all, all the readers can all kind of own a piece of Wait But Why because it's like they can grab onto a part of that culture, mm-hmm. and it can be a culture much more than your name is going to be a culture. So I totally agree. Yeah, and you're almost a wait, but why community member, but you're also the person kind of leading it forward. And so um, I kind of want to ask um, not necessarily what's next, but I've, at some point you get a lot of people uh, reading your work and it almost turns into like one, it's a privilege, but two um, it's a responsibility because you have this voice, you've got this outlet where you can um, share an opinion. And so I'm kind of curious, like, where do you currently feel like you want to take the community forward? Like, yeah, is there a kind of a new direction you're kind of um, moving this this thing uh, forward towards or what's kind of next in, in that regard? I know you have a book coming as well, which um, if you want to talk about that some, maybe that's a component of that as well as the podcast. Um, but I, yeah. I, guess, I guess that's kind of how I picture it is you're sort of helping this community move forward through space and time. And I'm kind of curious where you see um, that heading next or, or where you think it should go. Yeah, well, it's, there's some, there's some element of that, but it, you know, because it's just a blog in the end, you're not providing healthcare services. You're not, you know, you're not, it, and, and I don't write that often. So it's not like, Oh, it's everyone's Tuesday thing. And they're relying on you because of that. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried about like the community, the community would be fine with or without me. It's, it's more, um, it's more like I'm, um, yeah, you do feel some obligation to, to, you know, readers who really like your stuff get disappointed if you're not writing. Um, and also, you know, this is the most fun I've ever had doing anything. And you don't want to lose that. You don't want people to eventually give up on you. So you want to keep doing stuff and you want to keep doing stuff well. And you and you also just, you, when you know that people like it a lot, you really, really want to uh, keep, you know, impressing them and exciting them. Um, 
And so there's, yeah, this, the stakes feel a lot higher, but it's still, it's still very, very fun for me. And, um, and, you know, some people kind of, you know, also come to me and say, you know, you have to write about this, this thing with food waste or with AI or with life extension, because this is, um, you know, really important. We need to get the word out. And I'm, you know, and there is an element of that, but like, you can't have an audience and suddenly feel like, okay, well now I have to just basically only do good with these posts because there's an opportunity to, you know, I want to try to do some very, you know, hopefully impactful, good things. But, um, you know, I just, so I, I spent nine years after college basically not doing what I really liked full time and now I am. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to get away from that. That's why, you know, you hire a bunch of writers. That sounds great. I would love to empower other writers. We'd have more content out there. Readers would be happy, but I'd be a manager again. You know, you'd be the CEO of something, which is for a lot of people a dream. For me, it's not really what I like doing. I want to be creating and I want the space to create and I want to just have that for my head. I'm not thinking about who we should hire and how we should structure this and how we should expand and which, you know, uh, so um, that's an example or just always trying to take on a thing that is, you know, needs to you know, have this impact and you know, this people you can help these people with this thing. I, it's just, you know, I, it's, uh, I, I'm trying to very much stick with what I started doing here and, and why I started it, which is I just really like, I'm very curious. I like learning new things and then I like packaging them in a way that's like entertaining and trying to make something I'm proud of and ship it to people who like it. Um, that to me is incredibly fun. Mm -hmm. And I get to keep switching topics and learning. And I just want to, I want to continue to hone in on that. Now the platforms could change. I'm not addicted. I'm not saying it needs to be writing. I mean, I'm, I'm in love with writing. I don't even consider myself really a writer. I never really did. I like expressing myself as over a blog, uh, a podcast. We're just about to start one. Um, and that uh, seems like potentially fun too. Um, starting a, a book and maybe down the road there'll be something video, some kind of TV show, some YouTube channel. I don't know yet, but um, I'd like to experiment with medium. Mm. And also I, 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 I now public speak a decent amount and that's another fun way to express. So I love, you know, there's so many cool mediums in the internet world. You know, we have so, so many options. That it's um I like to definitely experiment with that but but I but the, the core of what I want to be doing is the same which is learning new things thinking about new things uh, and then uh, packaging them into some kind of expressible format and then getting it out to people uh, who who want it who want it yeah so. no that makes uh, total sense I mean you're still adding so much value even if it's just um, an enjoyable read during the day or comic relief like not everything needs to be um, serious help the world every time. Um, and so speaking of these different mediums, I think, you know, the medium sort of is the message. And I think as you experiment, you probably will start delivering value in different ways naturally. Um, do you want to talk a bit about either your podcast, um, or book kind of, as we start to wrap up the show, um, if those are under wraps, we can, um, we can kind of push to other questions. I mean, I'll probably, I, I, I might refrain a little bit because I'm probably going to just going to do a big, a big post about these two things soon cool. to explain them. Yeah, um, no but, but, but it's, you know, the same idea. It's me doing my thing in a different, in different formats is the way I consider it. Yeah. Um, definitely at some point in the future, I'd love to, um, chat about mindset cause I am very curious about psychology. We won't get into that, um, today, but was there somebody, um, that was sort of a beacon for you? Um, either as a mentor or somebody that you just like read and sort of learned from like who have been some people that you've always really respected or looked to for trying to find out your own path? Um, yeah, there's been a bunch. Um, I, uh, so on the writing side, you know, I, there, there were, there were some really excellent, uh, you know, things that were kind of like, you know, blog pluses kind of like what I consider way, but why to be, 
um, that I that I thought were just awesome, and I, and I noticed that they had a big readership, which is part of the reason I felt like starting Wait for Why could be a good idea. So there was like hyperbole and a half. Mm-hmm. It was like Ali Brosh. <laughs> yeah, um, I love Randall Monroe and XKCD. Um, I, I there's some YouTube channels like Kurzgesagt and uh, um, you know the the the, the yeah, uh, Hank and John Green, you know the brothers mm-hmm. do. There's just certain, you know, and I'm just like these people are all like extremely excitable themselves. They all, um, their personalities are so infused in what they do, and they do it so well. And it's a specific brand. So I, there were a lot of kind of online creators that I just thought were uh, really great and really um, uh, kind of onto something with the way they were doing it. Um, and then in other parts of my life, like. Uh, you know, I read uh, Stephen Pressfield's books. Cool. He wrote these two short books, The War of Art and Do the Work. And to me, I'm just like, those, I still, they still ring in my ears because this is a guy who was a ma- massive procrastinator uh, himself and ended up as a very, very successful author. But he just phrases a lot of this stuff, the stuff, the, the struggle of someone who has a creative thing they want to output, but it's not coming out or they're, they're just, it's just as many reasons he calls it resistance. Um, he just, uh, he explains it, he just, you know, he, he treats it like it's a war, again, you know, against yourself. And I, that, to me, resonates because that, that's how it feels. For me, I spent nine years kind of procrastinating on really full-time. I was doing creative projects on the side, but I was doing business full-time. And it was, not, you know, nine years it took me to finally do what I wanted to do. And I was a nine-year, you know, battle against myself. And still today, it's a battle to get these posts out to keep, you know, you know stay productive, you know, not till you know don't wait till 4 p.m to get productive every day you know it's like there's a constant battle so there's also kind of those kind of thinkers that have um they've definitely inspired me seth godin's another one you know i love his daily blog and it just you know these are people who understand these are wise people who've gone through a bunch themselves who understand the psychology of someone like me and um and so just reading what they say uh, every day is kind of a reminder, like, right, yes, focus. You know, it's, you know, I find that the people, the inspiring people, they're not usually saying new things to me. You know, these are core basic lessons we all know. It's that they can articulate them in a way that hits deep and that sticks. They can ring around your head the, or the wording for years. And, and that's what uh, some of these people have done for me, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for the time. And yeah, I just really appreciate it. Looking forward to the book, re- looking forward to the podcast, looking forward to future posts. Um, anything else you want to uh, you know, say to people? Obviously, they can um, find you at waitbutwhy.com, find you on Facebook. Yeah, just uh, no, people should um, check out the site. They like it. They should subscribe by email. It's the easiest way since I'm not a regular poster, you know, you, you know, instead of having to check the site, just come straight to you. So yeah. And then eventually um, uh, Patreon if they, if they really dig exactly. it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much again for the time and uh, yeah, have a good rest of your week. Okay. Thanks for having me on.